Welcome to the Property Management Mastermind Show with your host, Brad Larson. Brad owns one of the fastest growing property management companies in San Antonio, Texas. This podcast is for property managers by property managers. You'll hear from industry leading professionals on best practices, new ideas, success stories, and lessons learned. This is your opportunity to learn about the latest industry buzz surrounding property management, as well as tips and strategies to improve your business. Fine Digs makes your leasing process lightning fast and 100% fraud proof straight from the applicant's phone. FindEggs not only instantly verifies income by connecting directly to bank accounts without any documents uploaded, but also uses 3D selfies and facial match technology to perform complete fraud-proof bank-grade identity verification, allowing property managers to process applications in under an hour. For more information, check out their website at www.findigs.com or reach out to Henson at Henson at findigs.com. First Choice Bank uses state-of-the-art banking technology through their platform with the Concierge Specialty Deposits Group that handles property management relationships. Use your bank account balances to earn credits, which can be used to offset accounting and other third-party accounting-related charges. Work with First Choice Bank, your financial partner that can provide complete relationship banking. To learn more, visit pmbanking.com. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Property Management Mastermind Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Larson. And today's guest, I have one of the marquee main speakers that's going to be speaking with us at the Property Management Mastermind Conference in May of 2021 at the Gaylord Resort in Dallas, Texas. So today's guest, I have Matt Dixon. Now, let me give you a little bit of information about Matt because it's pretty fascinating. And I feel very fortunate to be able to have booked him for our conference as the main marquee speaker on Friday morning. And this is right before we go back into our small group. So we're going to have a great opportunity to hear him speak and then go jump into the small group to talk about what he's done. Now, Matt has written several books to include The Challenger Sale. Uh, in addition to one of my favorites that I've really talked about is The Effortless Experience. And so uh, I, I know I'm forgetting one other book. and I'm trying to find it here in your bio, but he's written three books and we've I've been a big fan of it. Now, The Effortless Experience, I listened to twice. I did a book review on the Mastermind Group page, and I really feel this is a, a book that kind of just changes your mindset about the customer experience. So without further ado, I want to bring Matt on so he can introduce himself and then talk about some of the books he's written and then talk about some of the stuff he's going to be presenting to us at the Property Manager Mastermind. So without further ado, Matt, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great, Brad. I'm really looking forward to the uh, Mastermind Conference and joining y'all in uh in Texas. I haven't been back uh, in a long time. And so I'm really looking forward to this. I'm glad you guys are putting this event on. Uh, I think perfect timing. People are looking forward to, you know, getting out there and seeing um, seeing colleagues, seeing peers uh, and doing the conference thing again. So uh, congratulations to you and your team. And, and thank you for inviting me. Yeah. By nature, we're very social creatures. And the conference world is a great opportunity to get to get in front of people, your peers, your friends, uh, you know, have a beer and, and socialize and just have a good time. So tell us a little bit more about yourself and kind of what you've done, because the one of the end results I talked about was the effortless experience. And that's what really turned me on to, to seek you out, because I thought the stuff that you've written in the Harvard Business Reviews, I think all this has been fantastic. So tell us more about some of this experience you bring into the table. Yeah, so I'm I'm actually um, I would say an ac uh, accidental um, uh, business writer, and, and what I mean by that is I I started out in my career actually 
went to grad school right after college. I, I think the, my main goal was to avoid working. And so I, I decided to go get, a, get another degree. And so I, I went and I got a PhD in political economy, which is, uh, it has nothing to do with what I do now, but I was looking at, you know, um, I was studying technology transfer in the aerospace industry, which is, uh, which is a little bit out there. But um, I decided when I was almost all the way through on my way to being probably a college professor, that I, I had my fill of, of academia and I really wanted to spend my time in my research, um, the research skills I developed, uh, focusing on big problems that big companies are dealing with and, and organizations are dealing with and, and ultimately trying to help those companies uh, grow more effectively, uh, retain their customers, uh, grow the top line uh, more effectively, um, uh, you know, reduce uh, cost leakage in their business, things like that. That was what really interested me from a research standpoint. So I actually ended up joining up instead of going into academia, I joined up with a uh, company called uh, CEB, which was, I think the way I describe it is a for-profit think tank. So um, they were based in Washington, D.C., a little bit weird because D.C. is mostly like lawyers and lobbyists, and politicians, but but CEB was a for-profit um, research organization. And what we did was uh, we hired people like me to go out and study uh, problems that companies are dealing with and that leaders and managers are dealing with. We had practice areas focused on sales effectiveness, on customer experience, on customer service, on finance, on legal, supply chain, you name it. If there was a, a part of a business, we had a research kind of team devoted to studying those different areas. I oversaw the, the sales uh, and the customer experience, customer service practice areas, and we worked with several thousand companies around the world with the heads of those functions. And so one of the pieces you mentioned, uh, Brad, around effortless experience this was uh, really the, the culmination of a 10-year study into how we work with our customers, specifically when things go wrong, and what kind of experience we need to deliver to those customers so that they stay customers, that they keep buying from us, and they, they renew, they come back over and over again. They don't switch to a competitor, right? They don't churn out. They don't leave us that one-star review, right? We avoid that negative word of mouth. And what we found was, and we'll talk about this, I think, in this conversation, it was really counterintuitive. It wasn't actually at all what we expected to find. And that's ultimately what led us to write a book about it. So now we are absolutely 100% in relation to what you're going to be talking about because in the property management industry, we have several main clients that you and I've talked about. We have yeah. the owner who is our, you know, one of our main clients, the, the, the burgeoning, how we get to be in business client. And of yep. course, we have our tenants and our customer base with our tenants. We want to keep them happy to earn yep. renewals, to earn five star reviews. So we have. You know, one hundred percent relatability to the stuff that you've researched on. Even though if it's, it could be multi-billion-dollar companies that you're talking yep. about, but you know, it all trickles down to equating to the same type of customer experience that gives us the opportunity to get renewals, to get a good business flowing. So I'm yep. excited to hear more about what you want to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. You're one hundred percent right. And arguably, for um, for property management companies, I think it's it's almost it's more complicated, and for the reason you just described. We've got to focus on that end tenant, right? That person who who's rented the property. We got to keep them happy. We want them to come back. We want them to, you know, let's say they want to rent another property. We want them to come back to our our company to find that that next property or stay in that stay in that property, right? And keep renewing that that uh, that lease or, or that rental agreement year over year. Um, but we also got to keep those owners happy, right? And we've got to so. You know, it, it's um, it it's about loyalty, customer loyalty, and experience, but on two different levels, which is is more complicated than you know your typical business that's selling directly to businesses, and that's it, and they never talk to the end customer, or 
a company selling directly to end customers and they're, they're not working through a business supplier or a vendor. And so, you know, your, um, uh, your members, the folks who are going to come um, uh, to the conference, I think have that double challenge, right? It's, it's an opportunity for sure. Uh, in many of the lessons we'll talk about here, apply to both, right? How do we how do we keep those owners happy? How do we keep those tenants happy? So, one of the most unique challenges that we have in our industry is the different markets and the different rules and different regulations, different tenant base. It's, it's a term that I use called we have insulation in the industry by fragmentation. I mean, we are just different in so different many different ways. Yeah. And I relate that because one of your customers, let's say, it was a giant cell phone company. Yeah. Well, let's they're selling selling the same cell phone service to somebody in. You know, both parts of the world, all parts of the world, it's all the same type of a cell phone service. It's the yep. same type of customer service. Ours is a bit more challenging as it's different from every market. Same conceptually, same concepts of doing business, but slightly different in each market. So for example, to give you some, some real points of this, let's say we're in a rent control market on the West Coast or the East Coast. Well, that's going to be a different animal than let's say somebody in, in Texas or Florida where there's no rent control. And yep. so that creates a unique challenge for us, which again, provides with, with insulation and because of the fragmentation of the different markets. And so it's, it's, it's very fascinating. I thought as well, I want you to talk about this from the effortless experience about yeah. your, your, your concepts that you created or have not created, you, concepts you identified where there's a thing in property management, a lot of the gurus, they tell you in these customer service things and the, the social networking thing is go after and create these raving fans, right? Get these right. raving fans. And you know, through your research, uh, you didn't seem that to be, you, you found that to not be an effective uh, method. Now, I'm trying to butcher this. So please fill in the gaps of what I'm missing. <laughs> yeah. No, no, yeah, you did a good job. Um, so I, so here's what I would say is, um, you know, um, and I'll come back to this idea of delight and in, in creating the raving fan. Um, uh, because I think that the key lesson here is, and you're right, it's, um, there are certain places and parts of our business where it makes sense for that to be the goal, to delight the customer, create that rating family. There are other parts where that's actually not a good spend of our resources or our time and energy. What we actually studied specifically was, you know, you think about the customer experience, there, there are key moments. Um, you know, so if I think about, think about a tenant, um, you know, there are key moments when they find that property, when they sign the agreement, when they're, you know, when they move their family in on that first day and what that experience is like. And then another big moment, as we all know, is when something goes wrong, right? When the roof leaks, um, when the you know the plumbing uh, it needs to be repaired, when the electrical goes out, the the HVAC goes out. You're in Texas, and it's a hot July day, right? And you need you need a, a technician to come out and fix it. But those are those moments of truth, which I think what we know, and I think I'm not saying anything that you, your listeners don't already know. Those are moments that define uh, and drive the customer's loyalty for better or worse, how we handle those moments. And so we specifically studied those customer service moments so that that key moment when something has gone wrong and how the company handles that. And I think what the conventional wisdom is out there is exactly what you said, Brad. You know, if you pick up any book on customer service or, or customer experience generally, they would it would say in those moments of truth, it's not enough to, to fix the problem. It's not enough to get that customer back up and running and take care of the issue. You got to do more than what the customer expects. You got to go above and beyond, right? You got to wow that customer. You got to delight them. And when you do that, you create a customer for life. You kind of build a moat around that customer. They're, they become raving fans. They get on, you know, um, uh, they get online and they leave you five star reviews and they want to tell everybody they know to also rent properties through this property management company because they're the greatest people in the world, you know. But that's the conventional notion. And I think. 
in part, it's it's so woven into the way that companies operate that really nobody ever stopped to ask whether it was the right answer or not. And and I think part of the reason is if we think about um, you know think about some of your uh, property management companies that that have employees like they're they're working with individual tenants and resolving these issues day in day out. It feels good for us as owners and as principals to go tell our frontline employees get out there and delight our customers. Look, if something goes wrong, don't just solve the plumbing issue. You know, send them a send them a gift basket. You know, send them a gift card. Send, you know, a thank you. Go above and beyond. Create that raving fan because those moments when our frontline people deliver, it feels good, right? It, it's what's not to love because then what happens is that tenant writes us a letter or an email or they leave a five star review and we pin it up and we say, hey, this is guys, this is what happens when we wow the customer, when we delight the customer. But here's the thing: we looked at um, more than all told when we. You know, we've continued to study this over the years, and I think we've got data now more than a million customer interactions, business to business, business to consumer. And there's one thing we found um, that was, I would say, kind of an inconvenient uh, truth because it wasn't actually what we were looking for. Our goal when we went out to study this was actually to try to figure out what are the best ways to delight customers because there's lots of things you could do. There's refunds, there's freebies, there's gifts, you know, rewards, all this stuff, right? But what is the most economically efficient way to delight your customer? We never stopped to ask the question, should you even be doing that in the first place? And what we actually found was across a global study, those customers in those moments of need, when things have gone wrong and they reach out to a company for help, those customers whose expectations are exceeded are actually no more loyal than those customers whose expectations are simply met. And so that was a bit of a, a head snapper, I think, for business leaders around the world, because what they realized was, holy smokes, we spend a lot of time and energy, a lot of our company's resources I get up there on stage in front of my frontline folks, whether you're running a call center or you got a small business and you just got a few frontline folks, but you're always out there saying, get out there, create those raving fans, delight the customer, go above and beyond, wow them, you know, um, uh, go, you know, surpass their expectations. And what you're telling me is I spend a lot of money and a lot of time and energy trying to do this and get my frontline people to do this. And you're telling me that people don't pay me back with their loyalty. And that's exactly what we found. Those customers whose expectations were exceeded were no more likely to come back more often. They were no more likely to spend more. And they were no more likely to say good things about us, like with a review online or on Facebook or LinkedIn or what have you. And so it begs the question, well, why do it at all? And so the second big takeaway wasn't just that delight didn't pay. As we started to unpack this, what we actually found was, if that was surprising news, the next finding was the depressing news. I'll get to the good news of it. But the second finding was this, is that when you look at this, um, the impact of these service moments, what they tend to do is actually create customer disloyalty, not loyalty. So there was a four times greater likelihood that a customer leaves a service interaction with a company. Uh, something's gone wrong. They've reached out to the company for help. And at the end of that interaction, a four times greater probability they will be disloyal to the brand or to the company they're working with than loyal. And so the, the question is, well, what the heck are we doing to make our customers that upset with us in those moments of need? And when we start to break it apart, what you find is a set of what I call usual suspects of bad customer service. We force people to call us back over and over again. We send them to digital channels like apps and websites that, that just confuse them more than fix their problems. And then they have to reach out and call us to get you know, a person to help them out. We transfer them from one part of the company to another. Oh, you can reach the wrong folks. I got to send you over here. You, you don't want to call me. You need to call the HVAC contractor yourself. You know, um, we, we force them to repeat themselves, to tell their stories over and over again. We treat them generically, not like real people with real wants and needs and likes and dislikes. We treat them like a number. 
like a, a tenant number, right? Not like a real person. And so these are the things that when we looked at these sources of, of disloyalty, what jumped out for our team was this idea of customer effort. You look at those things, you know, transfers and repeating yourself and channel switching and, and callbacks, you know, having to call a company back five times to get an answer to your problem. These things that drive us as customers crazy, these are all sources of customer effort. It's all about the work that companies put on their customers' plates to get their problems resolved. Now, keep in mind, these are problems that the customer didn't create. We created them. And maybe for the property management company, it's not their fault specifically that the roof is leaking or that, uh, that the plumbing needs to be repaired, but they're responsible for fixing it. And the customer reaches out to us. We run them through that grist mill of bad customer service. And then no surprise, at the end of those interactions, they're more disloyal to us than loyal much less likely to keep coming back and rent from us again, much less likely to um, to say good things about us, much less likely to buy additional value-added services uh, and spend more money with us. So, you know, these are th the, the real punchline here for, for business leaders is there are moments of delight and just want to come full circle to your, your comment, Brad, about, you know, delight. Look, um, offering, you know, a property that delights the customer. Like that's the product, right? That's that's a great place to delight. Uh, you know, as a property management company, I'm having in my portfolio properties that are just fantastic, right? And that tenants walk in and they're like blown away and this exceeds their expectations. That's great. That's a great place to delight the customer. Um, but when things go wrong, that's not the place to delight. That's the place to make it easy and reduce customer effort. And I think sometimes business leaders confuse those two things. And, and the key thing here is remember, You've got limited resources. Spend those resources delighting customers where it makes sense. Where it doesn't make sense is when you've got problems you've got to resolve for your customers. There, the goal is reduce effort, make it effortless, make it frictionless, make it easy for your customer. And when you do that, what you effectively do is plug a hole in the bottom of that loyalty bucket. You keep those customers coming back, you get them to say good things, you get them to spend more with you. And those are all things we want as uh, business leaders. Hey everybody, this is Brad Larson. I want to talk to you about a new podcast out there that I would highly recommend called 300 to 3000, how to grow your property management company to scale. One of the hosts is Matthew Whitaker. He's a good friend of mine. I've visited their operation and I really truly respect what GK Houses has done and they are still doing. They're an experts at growing at a fast scale into a large scale business. So expect to hear the real world truth about all the mistakes the company has made growing into it and all the good things they're doing. Again, go to 300 to 3000.com, that's their website and catch them on iTunes, Spotify, and or Stitcher. Look forward to hearing from good things from those guys. Take care. So as part of your presentation, as, as, and as part of you finalizing what you're gonna be talking about on main stage, mm -hmm. it begs the, the question, okay, how do we do this? Yeah. And so yeah. you're gonna you're gonna come up with some talking points for us yep. that we're gonna integrate into the facilitator outline. So the beautiful thing of what you're doing is Friday morning, you're giving this presentation, you're gonna be identifying, hey guys, these are the key concepts of what is we found in our research how you guys do this in your business? Well, I got a few ideas, but it's really up for you guys to go yeah, into yeah. your small groups and kick this around and decide potentially how it works for you and your business and your market. Because, you know, this concept, this is why I'm so excited to get you on main stage to hear about this and then talk about it in the small groups is there's got to be a different way, a better way to make sure that uh, you reduce the, the, the effort, the customer effort. And so I'm thinking of things like, you know, the things that popped in my head is, well, if someone has a maintenance request, are you making them tell your story three times? Like just what you told me, yep. are you making them? Well, okay. I hear about your, your repair over the phone, but I can't help you because it has to be in writing. Well, yep. maybe you could put it in writing for them. Yep. Right. And so there's all kinds of vendors out there that make this effortless experience a little bit easier as far as making, giving them an easy way to submit a repair request 
Yep. There's vendors out there that help in the organization of an actual repair work order being done. Because you can imagine the biggest headache is, you know, are you going to be there tomorrow? Okay, no one's there tomorrow. Okay, the vendor, you're going to be there tomorrow. Okay, you're going to be there tomorrow. Just arranging for the scheduling of a repair is very tedious. And tenants hate leaving voicemails. Yep. You know, they hate waiting for a phone call back. And some of the things that we're doing on the end of this, now this is, this is in reverse to what you're talking about, uh, you know, on a strategy wise, what kind of homes are you managing? So, you know, we try to go after the upper end market of uh-huh. the homes that we manage for in the San Antonio region. But if you're managing, you know, Section 8 rental properties, this might mm-hmm. be a challenge, but you could make that Section 8 rental property as best as you can make it. Sure. It yeah. could be move-in ready, like you mentioned. It could be clean, carpets, done, paint, move-in ready, good experience, gift basket. I mean, all that stuff in the move-in is great trend-setting stuff. Also, at the end of a work order repair, as you mentioned, in reactionary mode, we always call our tenants after the work order has been completed. Physically call them, folks. Don't yep. send them a text message. Don't send them an email survey. Physically call them. Yeah. And if you just end up leaving a voicemail, that's still positive. That's Absolutely. a very positive thing. So we try to reach them and we do something towards an NPS score. Uh-huh. But what's going to happen is you identify, and I've mentioned this before in other, other presentations, is you identify that uh, if you have one job and the job is to fix a leak, the plumber shows up, cuts a hole in the sheetrock and fixes the leak and leaves. Well, online, on paper, through that plumber's work order receipt, he did his job. Yep. But guess what? The gaping hole in the sheetrock is hole in the wall. Yeah, that's right. Because the plumber doesn't fix sheetrock. Yep. yep. And so in your system, it shows as a completed work order. Mm-hmm. But when you call the tenant after that, say, hey, we're just calling to say, see how that work order went. You know, we fixed the repair. The plumber said it's all done. Just want to make sure everything's good. Well, no, everything's not good, Brad. The, there's still a hole in the sheetrock. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, we didn't, we weren't aware of that. Since yeah. it was just completed yesterday, we're going to we're gonna get a sheetrock repair person out there right away to fix it and mm-hmm. hope everything is happy from there. Mm-hmm. That's good customer service. So yeah. you know, instead of using the, the catchphrase, good customer service, I'm actually trying to break it down to you in an illustration point and showing you a real world example of what yeah. this means. That's, that's exactly right. Look, the, what I always tell people is I think that the research and the quantitative data, which we're going to talk about at the conference, just kind of get people, because I think Sometimes um, as business people, we're, again, we're, we've grown up in this world where it's delight, 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 create a raving fan, that we need the evidence to understand that that's, maybe that's not the right approach in certain situations. And so we got to spend the time there. But I always say to people, the, the real value in what we've done and what I'm going to share is not, um, not the quantitative research necessarily. It's the fact that we were able to identify companies who were doing specific things differently that allow us, like you're doing, Brad, to get really tactical and think about, okay, it's not just good customer service. How do we deliver a low effort experience? What does that mean? Let's break it down into the moving parts. Where do things go wrong? Where are those friction points in most service experiences? You mentioned a great example uh, in property management, right? Um, But where do those happen in our business? And what are leading companies doing differently to lower effort in those places where most companies, you know, kind of step in it. And these companies have figured out a way to make it easier for their customers. And so I'll share that at a high level. and, And I think for the audience, uh, force them a little bit to think outside their industry, right? They're always thinking about property management because that's their business, but we'll think about it uh, more broadly. We'll look at a lot of companies from outside of their industry to force them to think a little bit outside the box. But then when we go to small group, they're going to do exactly what you just did, which is, okay, Matt broke down what it means, what he's seeing leading companies do in terms of creating an effortless experience. How, what does this mean in our business, right? What does it mean to actually 
help our customers uh, avoid having to call back multiple times. Uh, how does it, you know that? I love that example of the plumber. They fix their part of the job, right? There's no more leak, but there's still a hole in the drywall, and that drywall's got to be repaired, and then it's got to be painted, right? And then the whole mess has got to be cleaned up. So that's a multiple part issue. That's a concept we actually call not just it's it's not just solving the issue the customer called about. It's forward resolving the thing they might call back about, which yours is a perfect example, right? You know that customers are going to call back about the hole in the sheetrock. So let's think one step ahead for our customers and avoid them even having to call in the first place by saying, you know what? The plumber's going to come out, but I'm going to get a sheetrock guy set up because I know they're going to probably have to cut some holes in the wall and the plumbers don't fix that stuff. So want to make sure we solve the problem in an end-to-end way. That's just a, one example. And we get into those small groups. I'll give everyone some guidance around, here's how I want you to think about applying these things. But then it's on them, right? Because they're experts in property management to really ground these concepts in the reality of their business. That's been great. So Matt, the purpose of this podcast will just really kind of introduce you to the the conference goers, yep. talk about the effortless experience, which I absolutely loved. And it really is a book I would highly recommend for folks to go out and take a listen to, take a read with, and really try to apply some of that thinking into their property management industry. Sure. So we expect to see you at the Property Manager Mastermind Conference here next month in 2021 at the Gaylord in Dallas. Be sure to visit pmmcon.com to visit. Now, Matt, is there any way people can find you in an easy effort there? You can go online and find you. What's the best yeah. way to get in touch? A couple of different ways. So um, I always encourage people to shoot me. If you're on LinkedIn, for instance, send me a LinkedIn request. Uh, mention that you heard me on uh, on the podcast. Uh, maybe that you're coming to the to the event. Uh, you know, make that introduction in advance, and let's be sure to say hi at the uh, at the conference, and, um, and maybe uh, maybe share a beer, as you said, Brad. Uh, you know, and so. Um, uh, I always encourage people to get in touch with me that way. That way, you know, as well, if they have questions after the event, you know, something that they're, they're thinking about, maybe they couldn't get their head around, we can keep that dialogue going. So I encourage all of your, uh, your conference attendees to do that, um, and, as well as your podcast listeners. If you want to learn more about some of the stuff I've worked on, the books, uh, articles, et cetera, I've got a website uh, called dixonspeaks.com, uh, and I've got links to all my articles and uh, some videos and things like that that people can check out. I can envision us doing a follow-up podcast a few months later on yeah, sure. just to maybe talk about, really dive deep into the hows that came out of the conference because you're, you're talking about this whole concept and then yeah. we're going to go into small groups and really break it down. Like, this is what we should, should be doing, A, B, and C. Yeah. And then maybe kick that around in a podcast, you and I. I think that would be a good thing to do. Kind of like Absolutely. a good reaction. Absolutely. Yeah. Matt, I look forward to seeing you at the conference here next Likewise, month. Sir. Thanks so much for your time today and we'll see you soon. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. Need a repair at 2 a.m.? Easy does it. Easy Repair coordinates maintenance and nothing else and takes after-hour maintenance calls for property managers, working with your property management software so you can see exactly what Easy is doing without leaving your own software. From Las Vegas, Nevada, our full-time maintenance coordinators will dispatch your work orders with vendors from our growing repair vendor network where available or we'll use your vendors. Give us a call at 800-488-6032 or visit our website, www.ezrepairhotlinellc.com. This has been a podcast episode by propertymanagementproductions.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, leave us feedback, and come back for our next episode.